Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Merry Christmas, everybody. Tell you what, it's a beautiful day out there. I don't know about your Christmas is going so far, but I just want to thank the Lord since we're here all day today uh, with four services. We had our Christmas celebration yesterday with friends and, and had a great time. The Lord even gave us like 65 degree weather to play volleyball for Christmas. Isn't that crazy? I mean, hey, we'll take what we get, right? And uh, I see there's a lot of folks. You got family in from out of town. You got friends. It's just a great time to celebrate. And so we love celebrating. We love singing the songs to the glory of God. We love getting together and eating the great food that God has given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Like I had that honey-baked ham. I'm just saying, you throw that stuff in a skillet, mm, almost tastes like bacon. <laughs> so, we're, but we're glad you're here. But, but for everybody, today is not a great day. Some of you have come today, and this is a hard Sunday to be here because you've had family members that have passed away this year. You've gone through troubles and trials this year. Perhaps your spouse is not with you because of a loss or because of divorce. Perhaps your parents aren't with you because they have gone to heaven, or perhaps there's a brokenness in a relationship. And I just want to kind of walk through that today because I, I just think it's important to acknowledge that because the reason we celebrate Christmas is not for the presence. It's for Jesus, because even in the hard times, he gives us hope. Even in the bad times, he gives us love. And even through the most difficult time, we can find joy in Jesus Christ. Now, my worst Christmas ever was when I was 19 years old. My parents went through a divorce, and we celebrated Christmas for the first time separately. And I'll just tell you, it was miserable. You know, everything changed. You know, the traditions, we didn't get to go to grandma's and grandpa's and, and do all this at the same time, and, and everybody's asking questions, well, is mama coming to this? Is daddy coming to this? Does, does he still come to this friend's party? Does she still go to that friend's party? You don't get invited to everything you used to get invited to because nobody knows who to invite. Anybody know the feeling? Yeah. And then Christmas Day comes, and there are some things that dad used to take care of that Mom didn't know how to take care of, and I was the man of the house now at 19 years old, and, and it's like, how do you figure that out? Has anybody ever read instructions on how to put up a real Christmas tree? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have Google back then, people, for those that are, you're like, well, just Google it. We didn't have Google, okay? <laughs> you had to go buy a manual, a handyman magazine, I don't know what it was. But so I, I thought, well, we can do this. We can go buy a real Christmas tree, because that's what we always did, and we can put it on a Christmas tree stand, and, and we could get this Christmas tree up, so we'll have a real Christmas tree like we always have. So we went to the store where we would buy them, and, and we found one, we bought it, and then I realized, oh, I guess Dad had a plan to carry the tree home, because it doesn't fit in the trunk. He used to tie it off on the roof of the car. I didn't bring any rope. I guess that means you put your hand up there and you do it the redneck way, right? 
I, I didn't have any other options, so what do you do? You put your hand up there on one side of the car, hand on the other car, side of the car, hold on to the branches and take it real slow on the way home. So we get home, we get it in the house, and, and it always seemed so simple. He would just take this four-prong metal tree stand. He would just nail it to the bottom of the, of the tree. He'd pick it up, set it up in the living room, put water in it, and we were golden. So I did the same thing. I got the tree stand. I got the bottom of the tree. I nailed it on there. I set that thing up, and there it stood, just like that, <laughs> just like that. And it kept falling over. I'd stand it up, it'd fall over. I'd tighten the things at the bottom, it'd fall over. I got so flustered, I tried everything I could think of. And mom and my sister were like, are you going to get it done? What's, what, what's the holdup? I was like, it's not as easy as it looks, I'm just telling you. I tried different things, and it just kept falling over time and time again. I couldn't get that tree stand to hold it. So I thought, well, try the redneck way. There's a curtain rod. You know, most curtain rods are tied in pretty strong, most, right? So, so I went and got some rope, tied the top of the tree to the curtain rod to hold the tree to keep it from falling forward. I think, okay, we got it now. So I got it, and sure enough, it didn't fall forward. Now it fell to the side. And I mean, it just, I get it up and it go, get it up and go. So what do you do? Well, for those that, uh, you know, are mechanically inclined, <clears throat> like myself, you think you need a counterweight, right? If you counterweight this tree, then surely it'll stand up straight. So what did I do? I, I made the decision to get a counterweight. So I went out to the garage. And I got my tow chain. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. And I took my tow chain and I wrapped it around the bottom of the tree, through the branches to counterweight the tree. And it worked. Yeah, whoa, yeah, let's celebrate that. <laughs> so then my aunt comes over. I've got this tree standing up, right? And I guess she just took a look at the rope coming to the top of the tree and the chain on the inside, and she says, well, that's about as Charlie Brown of a tree as I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the hardest parts in my life when it came to Christmas. Not having dad there, then going to dad's, and not having mom there, and everything was just different. And so for some of you today, you're walking through different. And I just want to encourage you, Jesus will walk with you. The one thing I know about that was I had been born again, and I was so grateful that I had God to talk with, I had Christian friends to encourage me, and I had hope like I had not had before. So I want to I say to everybody that's here today, if you don't know the hope of Jesus, I'm going to talk about that today. If you don't know about the love of Jesus, I'm going to talk about that today, because I want you to have the same hope, joy, love, and peace that all of us can have, because Christ came into this world to give us those things. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might have life. 
And then Jesus went on to say, I come to bring you life and life abundantly. And so I believe you can have the most abundant Christmas this year ever because we have Jesus. Now, for you kids that are with us, man, we're so glad to have you. We're so glad you're sitting in here with us today. We only do this a couple times a year because we, we want you to be in here with us from time to time. And we're glad you got to be with us. And uh, you enjoy the service. You ask your mom, you whisper those questions in when you don't understand something because we want you to understand this message today about Jesus. Okay? Let's go ahead and pray and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for the hope that you've given us. We thank you for the joy even in hard times. We thank you most of all for the love of Christ. I pray today that as I share that it will come alive and make sense to everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, it'll be on the screen. Got, just got a couple things to share with you before we uh, take communion and, and celebrate with Silent Night and light the candles. Uh, the first thing is that Jesus came to this earth as Savior for all, as a Savior. Matter of fact, Matthew 1, 19 to 21, an angel comes to, to Joseph in a dream. Now, kids, I don't know if you know the story, but Joseph was asleep, and Jesus was not even born yet. An angel came to Joseph and told him that his wife was going to have a baby and that they would name him Jesus, which means salvation. The Hebrew word is Yeshua. It means salvation. And God said, I want you, Joseph, to name him salvation because he will bring salvation into this world. And that's the first thing I want you to know is that Jesus brings all of us salvation. He offers it to everybody in this room that we can have joy, grace, and forgiveness through him. Now, what's amazing, let me read this passage here in 19. It says, Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this is what Jesus came to do, to save people from their sins. And his name, salvation. So it'd be like if you met me and my name's Stephen, but instead of my name being Steve, you just said, hey, salvation, how are you doing today? Okay, we, we call him Jesus because that's the Hebrew name, but the name meant salvation. So when you met Jesus, you were basically saying, good morning, salvation, because that's who he is. He came to rescue us from our sins and our failures. He came to rescue us from the things that weigh us down. And he came to bring it for all. Matter of fact, in his entourage, in his group of followers, you had Jewish men, Jewish women. You had a Samaritan woman. You had a Roman centurion. You had wealthy Greek women. You had Greek men. You had a physician. You had a tax collector. You had fishermen. This following that Jesus has was a hodgepodge of the whole culture because Jesus came to bring salvation for all. Well, the second thing 
is that Jesus wants to adopt you and I, wants to adopt us as his family. Now, this is beautiful. Because to me, adoption is one of the most beautiful things ever. In adoption, you have a family who chooses to bring another child into their home, give them their name, and take responsibility for them. When my wife and I went through the foster care classes, they talked about the responsibility of foster care, but they said, as long as they're in foster care, the state carries the responsibility of that child. If they get in trouble, the state bears that responsibility. But if you choose to adopt, then what will happen is at that point, you assume all responsibility for that child. If they get in trouble with the law, it's on you. If they steal, you have to pay it back. That's the responsibility. That's the difference of adoption versus foster care. Both are very important ministries. But with adoption comes greater responsibility for the parent. And God came that he might adopt us into his family, give us his last name. Look at John chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. In the book of John, it says this, very first verse, I mean, chapter of the book. It says, the one who is the true light, meaning Jesus, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Okay, so kids, listen up. This is the beauty of God. He adopted all who would call upon him as Savior. What a gift! What a promise! And he took upon himself the responsibility of you and I. When we mess things up, he still calls us his children. When we, we roll the wrong direction and we walk away, he's still bringing us back. The Bible says, the arm of the Lord is not too short to reach out and love all of us to draw us back. And so this morning, I just want you to know the salvation of Christ is for all. It's a universal offering to everybody in this room, whether you have a scientific mind, whether you have a redneck mind, whether you have a reprobate mind, whether you have a passionate mind, God wants to redeem all that are in this room. Each one of us has the opportunity to have a Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. Well, the third thing is that Jesus' birth finds ultimate meaning in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's where the ultimate meaning comes from. I love the fact that we celebrate the birth of Christ. Uh, if you go out here to the, uh, to the side over here where we have all the Christmas lights, you come at night, it's, it's synced to the radio. We, we've been passing out candy canes on the weekends. We, my night was Friday night and got to pass out a candy canes to everybody coming and invitation to come to the service, a lot of fun. And it was great to listen to the songs and they're synced to the Christmas lights. But we also have the biggest nativity scene in town. If you hadn't been out there, last year we bought one online and it was all we had time for. And it was like this little four foot one. Matter of fact, it was one we've had on stage, so we had to move it for the baptistry and everything. But uh, 
this year I said, I, I want us to have the, the, like a huge nativity. And we had someone in our church that drew it up, someone else that took the time to cut it out, and somebody else that painted it. And so it's like a seven, eight-foot nativity scene out there now uh, so that everybody that can come can see that at the center, at the center of Christmas is Christ. But the birth, the, the story of baby Jesus is just the beginning. We have to go from the birth to the cross to the resurrection to find the full meaning of what Christ came to give us. So parents, we're going to take communion in a couple minutes. And I want to make sure that you explain to your kids. We're going to give you time to explain to your kids the meaning of the death and the burial and the resurrection and the meaning of the cup and the, the bread. Because this is an important time as we, as we realize that Christ is our salvation, we must choose to be adopted. Now, that's unusual. Only with older kids going through adoption do they have to decide to be chosen for adoption. Younger kids can just be adopted. But if you and I want to be adopted, it's up to us. We have to choose to be adopted. God offers that adoption to you and I, but the question is, will we agree and follow him as our father, as our king, as our savior? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 6 says this. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. Before you welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it today. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12, and after that, seen by more than 500 of his followers at that time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. The promise of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Just this week, I had a couple people reach out to me. One was a lady who just wrote a little note to me to thank me for the message from the church because her and her son had been in a broken relationship and because of the teaching, she had been challenged by the Holy Spirit to reach out and she shared that this was the first Christmas she was gonna be talking to him because they've rebuilt this relationship in like six years. I wanna ask you today, in your family, who do you need to call today? and tell them Merry Christmas. It takes somebody picking up the phone to be the bigger person and to step across that line. Doesn't mean what they did to you was right. Doesn't mean what they said to you was appropriate. Doesn't mean that you are condoning what they have done. But we as followers of Christ have responsibility to model Jesus and to model his grace, his forgiveness, and his love. And at this Christmas season, I can think of no better time to take that initiative to do that. Well, what do you think Christ has to save you from? That's the last thing I'd ask. Kids, you're young, right? Some of you are so young, you don't even know I'm talking to you because you're two or three, and that's awesome. We're so glad you're here. But some of you are six or seven, eight or nine, 10, 11, 12, and you like me at that age, I had already made some decisions. 
I remember stealing my first football. I was probably about seven years old. I remember how yucky it made me feel every time I picked it up to play with it. I remember lying to my parents. I remember needing forgiveness for that. And then what happens as we get older, we have sins, and, and the more we sin, the easier it gets to sin, and the more we cut God off. And then we have addictions. And there, I'm not just talking alcohol and drugs. It can be food addictions. It can be worry addictions. It can be TV addictions, social media addictions, comparison addictions. When you are in that moment, are you turning to Christ for hope or are you turning to whatever your, your backup is? Now, Christ came to set us free, and this is where I'm going to close. For you and I, until we have salvation... It's like we're walking around, and these chains are dragging. They're weighing us down, and we're trying to be parents. We're trying to be friends. We're trying to follow Christ, but we've got these sins, and they are weighing us down. And we try to pretend, as, if you're a Christian, you try to pretend they're not there, right? It's like, ah, I ain't so bad. I'm not as bad as Hitler, right? Well, you know, everybody's got a little hidden sin. What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is it weighs you down. It keeps you from being the man or woman of God he intends you to be. And the longer you walk, the more it affects. And the longer you try to carry this weight yourself, the more it trips you up, the more broken you become trying to carry it, and the greater the pain it causes you. This one will be my neck, my back, but the cause of sin in your life, the result, becomes broken friendships, broken family relationships, and a broken relationship with God. Here's what Jesus said. He said, come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you my, give you my rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. It's like Jesus came, and he said, let me take, let me take your chains. Let me take it off your shoulders, and let me get rid of it for you. Because when he went to the cross, the blood he shed was for the forgiveness of your sins and mine. And some of you today, you're walking in defeat because you sin so much, you're like, well, God can't forgive me. That is a lie from the devil. On that cross, he offered sins, forgiveness for sins for all the world. That means everybody in this room. But we have to make a choice to give it over to him and ask forgiveness and trust him as our Savior. I'm going to invite everybody to stand with me. We're going to give, a, going to give an invitation today. I can't think of any day better than Christmas Eve service for you to say yes to Jesus. To say, yes, I want Jesus as my Savior. Now, part of this is taking that sin and asking forgiveness for it. And you got to get rid of it. You got to set it aside. But he wants to give you that chance to do just that. To set that sin aside. So, for those that are followers of Jesus, maybe there's somebody you need to pray for today. On my left side, there's a place you could come and pray. Maybe there's a burden or a broken relationship you just need to cry out to God about. 
You can come over here and call out to the Lord and put that on the altar. For me, I like to picture like putting it on the altar and just leaving it there. And then for others, maybe you're here and, and you just need prayer. You need somebody to pray with you over something. We have a team that'll be over here to my right and they'll just be glad. If you kneel over here on this side, somebody will come put their hand on your shoulder and they'll just ask you, how can I pray for you? And they'll pray over you. And then maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to the river for 10 years with friends and family, and, and maybe you thought about it and you felt that nudge, but you just never said yes. I wanna challenge you today to say yes. Come talk to me, let me pray with you. One of our other pastors, let them pray with you. And then maybe today's just one of those that's like, I don't know how I'm gonna face tomorrow with an empty house for the first time. Maybe you need to talk to somebody. In the back is a prayer room. A husband and a wife that would love to pray with you and listen to you and cry with you and encourage you. As Ethan plays, you do what God tells you to do. Whatever that is, search your heart. If there's any junk in there, confess that. And then if God's leading you to come forward to the right or to my left, whatever that is, you say yes, Lord.